All right. Um, hello, everyone. Um, it's Emily and Danielle. Hey. And this is Midwest Madness. Um, coming to you live on Father's Day. And from Emily's old bedroom at our parents' house. Which is now a yoga room, which they did immediately after I moved out. So, she's she's not salty about it at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, oh, Sirius just hit the door. I want to go one episode where we don't talk about a dog. You think we could do it? Today's probably our best bet. Yeah. Not this one, clearly. No, sorry. we're already out on this <laughs> one. Sorry. Um, cool. So, oh, I wanted to just put in, you already know I'm kind of pissed, but a little fun fact yes. about um, the Katie Poyer episode that I, we learned since recording but um our uncle used to be a probation officer um up in carlton county which is where moose lake is located is that still carlton county it's the very like beginning of carlton county okay so it's the far side yeah like the most southern southern side yep um and he told me on friday and me on saturday that he actually helped search for her body, which I thought was very interesting. He said he took, um, like, some of the kids that were, um, like, on probation and had community service. Like, that was their community service. Yeah, he said they spent days and days and days yeah. in the woods. Um, which is, like, the worst community service, I think, personally. Yeah, that's not... One of the things I'd really want to do Searching to for a body. look for a body. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Um, so, yeah, I just thought I'd share that information since we just learned it. And I thought it was pretty cool. I so. told him, how dare you not have told us beforehand? Like, how did you not tell us this? That's so crazy. Yeah, that I does seem weird that it, we didn't know that. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to share that little tidbit of information um, he said it was terrible and very just it was long and hard and yeah. a lot of work he said yeah so yeah he told me that you and I had the exact same reaction we were both like what yeah you did yeah and he was like Emily reacted the exact same way I was like oh my god yeah that's so funny <laughs> um cool so yeah now it is my turn to tell the story again. Yes. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> I have no idea how long this one's going to be, so I don't know. Let's just get into it. All right, I'm ready. I told you it was a big one. Yes, but my that's all you told me. friend, um, Haley, shout out Haley, uh, said, and I quote, you guys haven't done any big ones yet, end quote. And my response to that to you was um it fucking excuse me yes we have <laughs> we did aj holmes we did um uh jody who's in true we did the terrible Je- warren jeffs yeah those are all big ones Haley. i think um <laughs> she means like super well i guess well known like ones? Dahmer and which like is that. exactly what Shut i up, really? today <laughs> <laughs> yes you guys, that was legit not scripted. I had no idea. Yeah, I'm going to be telling the story of Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, I I give you props for researching that because that must have been tough. Yeah, there and 
he has a lot of victims. So I do state in here, but I'm not going to go through every single victim's story. Um, And that's not to, like, diminish any of their stories at all. It's not saying, like, the ones I am telling are more important than the others. The sole reason I'm not telling everyone's story is because, A, um, the mo and the crime is pretty much all the same yeah. across the board so i'd literally just be saying the same thing over and over okay and b it, this episode would be literally like it'd be like a three-parter yeah <laughs> it would be really long so i will state um all his victims at the end okay but um yeah just well and like there. if you want more information i can almost guarantee there's probably a podcast that does oh. like a deep deep dive of this guy yeah but this is not that podcast no um but yeah let's get into it so uh jeffrey dahmer was born on may 21st 1960 to his parents lionel and joyce dahmer in the great city of milwaukee in the great state of wisconsin um I don't think it's a, that great of a state. I was going to say the less great state of Wisconsin. <laughs> We're just kidding. Kind I of. mean, sort of. We are Minnesotans. <laughs> if we didn't shit on Wisconsin, we wouldn't be real Minnesotans, would yeah. we? Um, now, Jeffrey was described as a fun-loving and energetic boy. He had surgery at the age of Sorry. four to fix a double hernia. And this is when people started to notice a change, they say interesting yeah um god was the energetic boy and he was replaced with someone who was more subdued he became withdrawn um even more withdrawn i should say when his younger brother was born his family also moved around a lot which yeah people would say that i became i changed when you were born too yeah for the better (laughs) yeah highly doubt that but okay um yeah his family also moved a lot around a lot which seemed to not help the situation either uh were they like was he like a military brat or was it just no he wasn't a military brat he just they just seemed to move a lot okay um i believe they like moved from ohio or sorry wisconsin and ended up in ohio okay and then he moves back to wisconsin so he moves it like individually on his own okay yeah and i'll get into that too but okay um, by the time he reached his teenage years, Jeffrey was often described as disengaged, tense, uncommunicative, and friendless. His parents also began to go through a divorce during this time, um, and this was also said not to have been, like, good for him, obviously. I was going to say, I'm sure that helped a lot. Yeah. He didn't have any hobbies, and he spent almost all of his time um, examining animal carcasses. Yeah, because that's totally normal. Yeah. And drinking very heavily. <laughs> oh, that's actually kind of sad. Yeah. For, that especially he was, for a teen. Yeah, that's, that was his coping mechanism was to drink a lot. That's, that's pretty sad. Yeah. Now, Jeffrey graduated from high school in 1978 despite drinking heaven, heavily. I wrote heavenly. <laughs> I don't think that that's an accurate description no. of that. Heavily throughout um just three weeks after his graduation jeffrey took his first victim in um i believe it's bath ohio it's b-a-t-h-e um, wait so he's like 18 at this point and he's already his family had been living yeah. darting his killing spree yeah holy shit that's young i didn't realize he was that young yeah um because of his parents divorce jeffrey was left alone in the house almost that whole summer Um, Great. Which gave him ample opportunity to kill someone. 
Um, now, Jeffrey's first victim was Stephen Hicks. Stephen was a hitchhiker that he picked up on the side of the road. He offered to bring Stephen back to his father's house to drink beer. Stephen agreed, and off they went. Um, they drank for a bit, but when Stephen decided that he wanted to leave, Jeffrey didn't really like that much. Um, Stephen turned to go, and Jeffrey hit him on the back of the head with a 10-pound dumbbell weight. Ooh. He then... Emily, how heavy was that one that fell on your foot? Or was that Allie's foot? I, like... <laughs> I fell off of a couch onto a dumbbell weight okay. once. Did, which, did Allie drop one on her foot or something once? I don't know. So I We just have bad record with dumbbells. Apparently. <laughs> um, he then disem... disem oh, my God. Dismembered the body Ugh. and spread it across his father's backyard. Ugh. When asked, I think it was, like, very woodsy, so he could, like... That, I mean, that makes sense, but it's yeah. still, ugh. Go back in there and, like, kind of hide it a little bit. Um, This is kind of sounding like Fox Hollow Farms. A little bit, yeah. Which is another big one, Haley. <laughs> when asked later why Jeffrey killed Stephen, he simply stated that he didn't want him to leave. So. So it sounds like a little bit of an abandish, abandonment issue. Yeah. But, I mean, that kind of makes sense if... You know, his parents are divorced and he's being left home alone Yeah, the whole summer. Yeah. Again, not an excuse to murder someone, but, yeah. you know. Um, Jeffrey wouldn't kill for nine years after this. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long... What are, was that called? A cooling period? I have no idea. I think that's what they call it on Criminal Minds. Oh. Re- reliable source. <laughs> um, in the fall of 1978, Jeffrey went off to college at the Ohio State University, but he dropped Ouch. out after one semester. Oh, shit. Oh, sorry, guys. I just spilled water because apparently the bottom is not flat. Um, at least it was not my computer. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. Sorry. This whole time, he was continu- continuing to drink heavily. After he dropped out, his father made him join the army. Jeffrey enlisted in December of 1978, and he was posted in Germany not too long after that. So he sounds like he's, like, a really high-functioning alcoholic. Apparently. Because, I mean, you don't... Going into the military is not easy. Yeah. Like, I would never survive boot camp, I'm telling you what. Me neither. So, like, props to to him for surviving boot camp (laughs) and being an alcoholic. Because that could not have been easy. I don't think we need to give Jeffrey Dahmer That's fair. Props. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> um, <laughs> not what I meant, but okay. You know what I mean. He stayed in Germany between 1979 and 1981, but he was, uh, when he was discharged for his drinking habits. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah, and was sent back to Ohio and back to his father. After Jeffrey continued to drink... And this continued to cause problems. His father sent him to live with his grandmother in West Allis, Wisconsin, which is a suburb of Milwaukee. So he didn't really choose to go back by himself. Okay. He was kind of sent back. Okay. So, and the, his dad sent him, correct? I Yeah. Okay. What is going on with mom? Did mom just, like, fall out of the picture? Or? I have no idea. I okay. didn't see really anything about mom. I'm wondering if mom was, like, focusing on the his brother, maybe? Okay. That would make sense. And his brother seems like he was perfectly normal. Honestly, did not even see anything about his brother. Okay. So that's probably a good sign. Yeah. Um, Okay. So during this time, Jeffrey 
frequented gay bathhouses where he would drug men and sexually assault them while they were unconscious. A bathhouse is like a dude spa, right? Where they like hang out in hot tubs. Yeah, and... I think so. Okay. Um, he was arrested twice for indecent exposure, once in 1982 and once in 1986. And then the one in 1986, he was also charged for masturbating in front of two boys. Gross. He did spend 10 months in jail for this crime. Um, he was never charged for these sexual assaults at the bathhouse, though. Um, now at this time, his father stood by him. Um, he didn't really understand what was happening with his son, so we got him the best legal counsel he could. Um, so do you think it was just like misguided love and affection for his child? I or? just think he was like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I think he's a good person deep down, but I'm not sure. So maybe if I can get him out of this problem, I can get him help. Okay. I don't know. Because I just like, I don't, when that happens, I just don't really understand it. Like, if you're, but I mean, luckily we are from a fairly well-adjusted family. We've never had, you know, any legal issues. So, like, you know, none of us have been accused of being a serial rapist or anything. So, I don't know how I would feel about, like, standing beside someone like that. You know, like, you know, I know you one way. Maybe he thought nothing happened. Yeah, and like... Maybe he thought he, this was, he was, like, falsely accused. I don't know. Well, because, like, I know you... I try you... not to dwell too much on it because it's never going to make sense. Yeah, that's true. You. That's true. And me. Well, because, like, I just can't imagine being in his dad's place and being like, oh, I'll, I got you, buddy. But, again, we're not parents, so maybe that is also part of the deal. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, at this time, he also realized uh, that his son might just be past help. Um, in September of 1987, Jeffrey went on a killing spree. Jeffrey's second victim was Stephen Tomey. Def- Dahmer uh, stated that he picked up Stephen from a bar and brought him back to his hotel room. The next morning, Jeffrey woke up next to Stephen's dead body. He had been beaten to death. Uh, Jeffrey states that he doesn't actually remember killing Stephen because he had been so blacked out from the alcohol. Um, but after this, he then put Stephen's body in a suitcase and brought it back to his grandma's, where he again dismembered December- the... Me- dismembered? This is going to be a hard one. I say it a lot, so... Okay. Uh, his body... Do you want to just point me to me and I'll say dismembered yeah. for you? <laughs> and threw it in the garbage. Now, um... How... Okay. How tiny was this man to fit in a suitcase? Yeah, I don't know. Or how big was that suitcase? Probably how big was that suitcase? Anyway, um, okay, now I want to put out a trigger warning because things are about to get a little weird, and I'm sure if you know the story, (laughs) you probably know what's coming, but... It's so nice for all of you to be able to just skip parts of our podcast. (laughs) I don't go, like, that much in detail, but I do want to give a little bit of a warning that it is going to get a little weird. Okay. Um, now, part of Jeffrey's thing was that he would get sexual pleasure by either masturbating over the corpses or having sex with the corpses. So he's a necrophiliac. Yeah. Okay. And some experts believe that this is actually what pushed him to kill in the first place. Um, Why couldn't he even... Nope, I'm not. Just kidding. Yeah. Never mind. Stopping. Try not to... You can't rationalize yeah. with nope. this person. Mm-mm. So you just can't You, can't. you really just can't. Um, now, again, I am going to list the names of all his victims at the end of the episode. 
Um, I just want to restate that because if I went into every single one, it'd be too long. Um, again, not that one case is more important than any other. It's just they're all very similar. Um, He killed two males in 1988, one in 1989, and four in 1990. He would find men at either gay bars or pay for male prostitutes. He would then drug, sexually assault, and murder his victims, usually by strangling them. He would then carry out those particularly disturbing acts on the victims' corpses. So we're up to seven victims, correct? Because we had the one after, right after high school, um, Stephen, and then in, two in... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, we're up to nine already? Yeah. Jeez, okay, I'm going to try and keep keep track. I do say how many oh, victims okay. are at the end, okay. too, just in case. Never, never mind. Yeah. Because I'm never going to remember. Um, he would also take photos of him December. Oh, dismembering. <laughs> I pointed at her and she didn't do it. Yeah. December dismembering dismembering the bodies <laughs> and sometimes he would even preserve victim skulls and genitals for display and it was said that he kept some parts for consumption i just <sighs> yeah yuck now during this time jeffrey was arrested again for an incident incident at his job at the ambrosa chocolate factory where he drugged and how dare he ruin chocolate for me <laughs> where he drugged and sexually fondled a 13 year old boy oh for this he was sentenced to five years probation one year at and one year at a work release camp and he had to register as a sex offender please don't post that i didn't it was for snapchat okay <laughs> she just Hi, took Ashley. a photo and i'm like not in i'm like god i'm not in a good position so no i wouldn't do that okay he was really uh so he sentenced to five years probation one year at a work release camp and he had to register as a sex offender okay he was released from his work release camp program two months early and in may of 1990 Jeffrey got his own apartment at North 24th Street in Milwaukee. Yeah, because that's exactly what we need is the homicidal maniac to have his own place to turn into a murder house. Yeah. Apartment. Whatever. Same thing. In June and July of 1991, the killings escalated to about one kill a week. Oh, my God. And in 1991, the total victim count was eight victims. So just in 91. Yes. So we're up to 17 now. Or 18. I believe so. Oh my god. On July, I knew it was a lot. I did not remember it being and, this okay, many. And he... Because... Oh, well, I'll state this after. Okay. I don't want to ruin the yeah, story. Keep, but... Keep going. Mental note to come back to that. Okay. Come on. On July 22nd, 1991, Jeffrey had just brought Tracy Edwards back to his apartment. Wait, a female? No. A oh. male named Tracy. Oh, okay. Sorry. When they got no there, Jeffrey attempted to handcuff Tracy... But the two struggled, and Tracy was able to escape. Oh, this one's really sad, isn't it? No. No. Around midnight that night, two police officers found Tracy wandering around with a handcuff on one of his wrists. Now, the officers assumed that Tracy had escaped police custody, and um, they stopped him. This is when Tracy explained what had just happened to the police, and then he brought them back to where Jeffrey's apartment was. Now, Jeffrey opened the door to the officers and calmly talked to them. They asked him if they could get the key to unlock the handcuff off of Tracy's wrist. Jeffrey agreed and they walked to, walked together to Jeffrey's bedroom to retrieve the key. 
While in the bedroom, the officer glanced around and noticed photographs of what seemed to be parts of bodies and a fridge with skulls in it. So, apparently, he just had these photos, like, hanging out. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. Well, I guess he probably didn't think it, any cops would be well, coming to the door. And anybody he's bringing into this apartment isn't he's leaving. Gonna leave, yeah. So. So, he probably just thought, like, it was safe. Um, now, at this point, they decided to place Jeffrey under arrest. And when they went to handcuff him, uh, he went crazy and freaked out and was like, hell no, I won't go. I'm, I mean, did he literally say that or no, I, I was like wow I can't believe that's not a more well-known <laughs> phrase <laughs> after they struggled they were able to get the handcuffs on Jeffrey and this is when officers began their initials initial search of the apartment they were very quickly found the various skulls and other body parts that Jeffrey had preserved as well as his extensive photograph collection of the body parts and victims I mean you kind of gotta thank him for like making it that fucking easy you know, he's given them so much evidence. He's, it's like, here you go. Yeah. Convict me. Yeah. I mean, there's no way he can plead not guilty. Yeah. That, like, if he's got if pictures of himself. Saying. Yeah. He's Doesn't like. Pic- I thought pictures you, of himself. I thought you said it was pictures of himself dismembering no, the bodies. Just, like, of the process. Uh, like, he's not, like, taking uh, selfies. I thought, it, yeah. As far as I know. I thought it was, like, selfies. No, I could be wrong. But as far as I know, he was just, like, taking pictures of, like, the him the process of it okay but he's not in the photos from what i can tell but still he also has random skulls in his apartment for no reason yeah like he's not like a doctor or something right now what police found in his apartment was literally straight out of a horror movie i think the best thing i can do at this point is just read a list directly from one of my sources Um, oh this is gonna be painful and that source is thoughtco.com so um One, a human head and three bags of organs, which included two hearts, were found in the refrigerator. Two, three heads, a torso, and various internal organs were inside a freestanding freezer. Okay, I'm tuning you out. This is gross. Three, chemicals, formaldehyde, ether, and chloroform, plus two skulls, two hands. I think it's ether. Oh, sorry. Two hands and male genitalia were found in the closet. Oh, my God. I think I'm on five. Uh, a filing cabinet that contained three painted skulls, a skeleton, a dried scalp, male genitalia, and various photographs of his victims. Six, a box with two skulls inside. So apparently he just had like th- things all over the place. No kidding. Like, also, how did this place not reek? Yeah, I don't know. Um, seven. Seven, a 57-gallon vat filled with acid and three torsos. Eight, victims identification cards. 9. Bleach used to bleach the skulls and bones. 10. Incense sticks. Neighbors often complained to Dahmer about the smell coming from his apartment. Okay. So, there you go. So, it did smell. <laughs> Shit. What am I on? 11. 11. I've been counting. <laughs> Tools. Claw hammer. Um, handsaw. 3 eighth inch drill. 1 sixteenth inch drill. And drill bits. I don't want to know. 12. A hypodermic needle. Ugh. 13. Various photos. Some pornographic. 14, blood-soaked mattress and blood splatters, and 15, a Bible. <laughs> I just thought I'd add that in there, that that was also found. I'm Because just... apparently he really need to pray for his sins. Um, now, obviously, Jeffrey was arrested and indicted on 17 murder charges. I'm not shocked. 17? Yeah. Good God. So, Tracy would have been his 18th 
victim. Oh, my God. This was later reduced to 15 murder charges, and Jeffrey pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Do oh, you so know... he did plead not guilty. Do you know why it was only 15? No. Okay. I'm assuming maybe they just didn't have enough to identify, like, the two other victims. Or, like, maybe they didn't have body... Well, because the one body was spread in his dad's backyard, backyard. so animals could have picked grand- that oh, off. Oh, and the other one was put in the garbage at his grandma's, so... Yeah, so yeah. you can't... You don't have evidence, yeah. hard evidence of those. Yeah. Which is so devastating for those families. Yeah. So, um, like I said, he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Much of the testimony was from Jeffrey's 160-page confession. Um, and there were a few witnesses who talked about how Jeffrey's necrophilia urges were so strong that he was no longer in control. So, they're saying, like, his necrophilia was, like, so bad it kind of, like, took over his took over his life and is what made him kill so it was like just like a total 100 percent complete obsession yep Um, which like is sad yeah but like i don't feel bad for him because he's a piece of shit i don't feel bad for him or anyone who has that problem well okay but if it's like an obsession with something not murdery completely different yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's sad, is that it's a com- an obsession that's, like, taking over his entire life. If it wasn't murder or something terrible, then I would feel bad for him. But I don't feel bad for him because he's a piece of shit, and it was necrophilia and murder and cannibalism. So. I don't think it's sad at all. But in the end, the jury ended up deliberating uh, for five hours and found... That's it? Jeffrey Dahmer guilty on all 15 counts. Damn. I mean, come on. Because then again, he, the, like I said, he gave, he pretty much gave him all the evidence yeah, they needed. Yeah, there was like, I mean, I guess like there was the insanity like part of it. Yeah. They probably had to talk about that, but I mean. Well, and you hear like in a lot of these really big ones, they're out for like six days, mm-hmm. you know, like I juries guess, are out for a lot longer. So I was just surprised it was. I don't really was, know much about like jury deliberation on like serial killer cases. I don't know anything about jury deliberation, period. So I guess but, we can't really say that they're out longer usually. Well. I feel like f- first cases that aren't so cut and dry like this one. Yeah, this one is pretty. Um, he was sentenced to 15 life sentences, which equaled about 937 years. At his sentencing, he read from a four-page letter, which ended with the following. Oh, um, God. Quote. Here we go. I hated no one. I knew I was sick or evil or both. Now I believe I was sick. The doctors have told me about my sickness, and now I have some peace. I know how much harm I have caused. Thank God there will be no more harm that I can do. I believe that only the Lord Jesus Christ can save me from my sins. I ask for no consideration, end quote. So it kind of sounds like he's taking responsibility. Responsibility. He does say, I'm sick, which, like, yes, you are. But it doesn't really seem like he's, like, blaming it on the sickness. But not really. Yeah. Um, Still a shitty person. But at least he didn't go in there and was like, this is bullshit. I'm I'm innocent. I'm insane. I should. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're right. So. Again, we don't. I guess we don't really know what the rest of the four-page letter said, but no, that's how we ended it. So now I want to talk to something about something else that's just going to break your heart. Is and I think this, this is what you were like. 
Oh, this is sad, and I, like, waved you off. Okay. Um, on May 27th, 1991, one of Jeffrey's victims nearly escaped. Yeah, this one. Ugh. Yeah. I and hate this one. Let me just tell you, this name is a name, so I'm going to do my best to say it right. But okay. 14-year-old Kinarak. <gasps> oh, God, I forgot he was 14. Synthesmophone. Synthesmophone. Was that, like his real name or like what yeah, he was that's called his real name i believe canoric oh. canoric synthesimophone <laughs> i'm doing my best um <laughs> he was jeffrey's 13th victim and just so happened to be the younger brother of one of the boys he had previously been convicted of sexually assaulting in 1989 oh very early very early that morning canoric was seen wandering the streets of milwaukee days confused and nude now, one source I read stated that Jeffrey's neighbor saw the young boy and called 911, and another stated that two women did. Okay. When the police rolled up, there was Kenorick, an ambulance, the two women, and Jeffrey Dahmer at the scene. Jeffrey told police that Kenorick was hit his 19-year-old lover, and they had been drinking, and they had a fight, and Kenorick ran out. The police then escorted Kenorick and Jeffrey back to Jeffrey's apartment. The two women at the scene actually protested this because they had seen Kenorick fighting Jeffrey off before anyone else arrived at the scene. Um, but the police believed Jeffrey and back to the apartment he went. Ugh. When they arrived at the apartment, the police took a peek inside and noticed everything looked neat and nothing was amiss, although they did note that there was like a funky smell. So they were like, you know what, it's neat, and it's clean, and nothing looks amiss. Like, it does kind of smell weird, but maybe he just didn't take the garbage out or whatever. Oh, my God. So they left Kenorick in Jeffrey's care. The two officers even joked with dispatch that they had just reunited two lovers. Within hours, uh, Kenorick was dead. I hope those cops, like, feel bad, but not, like bad enough where it like ruins their lives but i just hope they feel bad yeah that's a tough one because like if i don't know i just it just sucks all the way around like it just sucks like that whole story sucks yeah that's really sad god i hate it um now jeffrey was sent to columbia correctional institute in portage wisconsin to serve out his life sentences he was mostly because wisconsin doesn't have death penalty correct correct I believe. He was mostly in solitary confinement for his own protection against other prisoners. Yeah, that makes sense. On November 28, 1994, fellow prisoner Christopher Scarver beat both Jeffrey Dahmer and another inmate, Jesse Anderson, to death. That was like a four-day-after-your-birthday present for you. Yeah. Um, or I think it was more than four days. Eight days. Oh, I thought you said the four, 24th. 28th. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I know when your birthday is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it sounds like... It was kind of like a weird situation where, like, there were the two guards just like happened to leave for ten minutes, and then when they came back, these two guys were dead. Conspiracy. Yeah. Kind of weird. But I'm not mad about it. Yeah, I mean, he got what he deserved in the end. Um, not so that he we're was like only in prison for like three years. Not that we're like pro murder, but I mean, yeah, no, we're not. I know. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I just I think we can all agree that. Uh, the world is a better place now that he's not in it. Yeah. 
Now, after he died, Jeffrey's dad wanted his son's body to be cremated right away, but his mother wanted his brain to go to science. They actually had to go to court where a judge sided with his father and Jeffrey's body was, in fact, cremated. I believe this took like a year. Wow. To get sorted out. Um, yeah. And in his will, Jeffrey said he wanted to be cremated right away. So his dad was like, again, like his dad coming in and siding with him. I think his dad feels guilty about something. Oh, yeah, think. <laughs> Jesus. Could you imagine? Ugh. Um, so yeah, in the end, his body was cremated. I think it would have been kind of interesting if his brain had gone to science though. and been able to be studied. Yeah, and I think yeah. we probably would have learned a lot from it. So. I like his mom better, kind even though she kind of like isn't in the story. Yeah. I like her better. That's probably why I like her better. It's just kind of a bummer. Yeah, literally right. <laughs> um, that that he ended up being cremated. Yeah. Um, now, like I stated at the beginning. I do want to list all all of his victims, and I think it would just be, like, the perfect way to end the episode. Okay. um, You made it through. (laughs) Do you have ages, too, or just names? Okay, And um, dates, or months and years of when they died. So um, his first victim was Stephen Hicks, 18, and he died in June of 1978. His second victim was Stephen Tomey, 26, September uh, 1987. Can you count out for me yeah. again? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Doxter, 14, October 1987. His fourth victim was Richard Giaro, 25, March 1988. His fifth... Am I on five? Mm-hmm. Yep. Anthony Sears, How dare you? 24, <laughs> February 1989. Eddie Smith, 36 June 1990 Ricky Beeks 27 July 1990 this is 8 8 um Ernest Miller 22 September 1990 9 David Thomas 23 September 1990 that's right around my birthday yep um Kurt 10 is Curtis mm-hmm. Strotter 16 February 1991, 11, Errol Lindsay, 19, April 1991, 12, Tony Hughes, 31, May 24, 1991, 15, 13, 13, <laughs> Kinaric. <laughs> what? You guys, I'm literally holding up three fingers. <laughs> Sorry. Kinaric's, that would make sense because I said this was his 13th victim. Kinaric's yeah. synthesmophone, 14, May 27th, so I have a date for him, 1991, 14, Matt Turner, 20, June 30th, 1991, Jeremiah, uh, sorry, 15, Jeremiah Weinberger, 23, July 5th, 1991, 16, Oliver Lacey, 23, July 12th, 1991, and 17, Joseph Braidholt, 25, July 19th, 1991. My God. So, remember how we I said, you were like, oh my god, all those people in 1991, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 victims in 1991? Yeah. You gotta remember, too, he was caught in July. So, that's eight. That's in seven months? Eight victims in seven months. It's like yeah. A, well, that's more than a victim a month. Yeah. So. Oh my god. That's fucked. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's the, um, terribly sad story of Jeffrey. Well, he's not sad. The sad 
the story is sad of yeah. Jeffrey, the shitty person, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Um. So yeah. There well, we go. I hope you're happy, Haley, because <laughs> I certainly am not. So. So I did a big one. Ugh. Um. God, he's so icky. Yeah, he is a shitty person. Yes, he is. I don't really think we need to say much more than that. No, I one. I feel like you're right. I um, feel like that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Glad he was caught when he was. Do you have your sources ready to rock? Yes, I do. All right. Um, so my first one was thoughtco.com, profile of serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. My second one was crimemuseum.org. Um, my third was biography.com. And then I also had a YouTube video that I watched, and it is Inside the Mind of Jeffrey Dahmer, a serial killer's chilling jailhouse interview, and it's actually an Inside Edition episode where they, um, interview Jeffrey Dahmer when he's in jail. Oh, creepy. Yeah, that's on YouTube, so highly recommend going to watch that if you want to make your day sad. (laughs) Sadder. (laughs) Or just creeped out and weirded out he's got to be just so creepy he is really creepy um okay so our socials are um mw madness podcast on instagram midwest madness podcast facebook group and mw madness podcast at gmail.com please you guys follow us on our socials reach out to us there i know i've had a couple people shoot me some dms about ideas of stories which is so helpful because sometimes i'm like oh shit i gotta find a story (laughs) you know and like there have been so many in iowa so iowa get your shit together please but also send us story ideas especially if they're not from iowa but if they are that's fine too yeah um we'll still do them we'll still take them but okay perfect well i hope i didn't uh make your guys's tuesday too upsetting but if i did i'm sorry it can't she's, she's not sorry honestly it's not like that it's not any last week's episodes that one was rough. pretty upsetting too yeah. so well i did search worst like worst murder i could find yeah so you guys are welcome all right (laughs) um we will talk to you next tuesday all right bye